Hi, everyone. My name is Krista, and I'm an alcoholic. And you guys sure do give somebody a long time to get nervous. <laughs> Just about the time I was getting calm, it's like, break it. Oop, you're on. I was sitting back behind Harold and looking up at the stage, and I couldn't see the steps. And I'm like, how am I going to get over that thing, like, gracefully? <laughs> but... Um, it all works out. I thank you very much for, um, for having me come. Um, my sobriety date is May 24th, 1987. I was um, 23 years old when I got into this program, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, home group is Sober at 7 in Apollo Beach. It's on Tuesday nights. Welcome anybody down there. Um, go into Main Street, Apollo Beach, and... It's right there by the Circle K, so we'd love to have you if you, if you could join. And, and lastly, before I start, I want to just reach out to the newcomers. And um, I know we tell you to keep coming back, and I ask you just to, to please stay. Um, it is an absolutely beautiful, life-changing experience and journey, and I always ask, how can it keep getting better, you know, when I, when I was in my first year and on this pink cloud and, and, and everything was just wonderful because it was all so new and, and, and they told me it kept getting better and I couldn't believe that it could keep getting better, but it does, it keeps getting better. And every year, every day, every month, every year, it keeps getting better or I keep getting better or the world keeps, I don't care what keeps getting better, but I start feeling better. And, um, and that's why I stay. And, and that's why I come and, and share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, you don't have to keep going in and out of these doors. You know, you can come in here and you can stay and reap the wards of sobriety. So I, I hope that you do. A little bit of um, just background. Um, from as far back as I can remember, I was always looking at my grandmother's drink, you know, and, and eyeballing it. Uh, my immediate family didn't drink at all, but my extended family did. And I always eyed that, that drink, and if I was lucky enough to get a sip, I just, you know, my world was bright. And... Um, in third grade, you know, we're stealing beers from wherever we could steal them. We couldn't steal them from my house because we didn't have any. But um, certainly, you know, all my little friends, you know, their parents drank. And we'd get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And that was mostly on occasion. Um, <coughs> drugs are part of my story just because they were easier to get, you know. And, and they, made, they took the pain away, too. They made me feel different. And that's what I was after. I wanted to feel different. Um, but my drug of choice was always alcohol. And, and um, you know, when I was in that middle school, even in the high school area, we just would go to any liquor store and we'd hang out and we'd wait for people to walk by and we would just ask them, will you buy us some beer? You know, and they would. I, you know, <laughs> that part floors me today, but they would. Um, so we always had it. And... Um, and I always drank to get drunk. Um, somebody talked about last night about whether they liked the t- or no, a Sunday morning, um, not liking the taste of alcohol. That wasn't even a consideration for me. I was after the effect every single time. And um, and towards the end, you know, the faster I could get it down, the better. You know, so the shots and the hard liquor, 
um, really became prevalent there. But, you know, for, for most of my high school and, and into college, it was beer drinking, beer drinking, beer drinking. Um, I always tried to show somebody different on the outside. I was never, ever comfortable in my own skin, and I can only really remember back to, like, second grade or so. But I was, I was never, never comfortable in my own skin. Um, my father died when I was, um, when I was seven, and there was five of us girls. And within a year, my mom remarried a man who had six kids. So we then had this family of 11, <laughs> which today I absolutely love. I love that. Um, but when I was growing up, it was chaos, just complete chaos. And um, you could get forgotten about. And I got forgotten about a lot. Now, for a kid, that's pretty traumatic. You know, it's all about me. It's all about me. Well, nobody even knows where I am. Um, but that also allowed me to go out and do the things that I was doing and find the people I wanted to hang out with and 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 be that bad girl and that's really what I thought of myself is is I was bad and I you know I in in middle school people's parents didn't want their children hanging around with me because I was bad and um, so that's kind of what I took on until I got into the program and realized that I was you know I was sick with this disease and I truly believe that you know it's a gene thing when alcohol is in my body it does something different than the normal people out there who can can drink it and you know and leave half a glass um, or half a can or half of anything sitting on the table because that was never that was never the way with me you know I drank all of mine and then I drank yours if you you know would allow me or if I could take it from you or whatever it was but I went through middle school just kind of you know doing that thing and when I got into high school I was I I was able to start working and. I worked at a pizza joint that had a tap, you know, running tap, and darn, it seemed like everybody in that place drank like I did, you know. We just did quarters in the back room every single night, and and I worked in blackouts most of the time, most all of the time, and, and I hear it in these rooms that we are good workers, and and I was a good worker. I don't know how, but I was, I was a good worker, but I was also a very drunk worker, um, Fortunate enough not to ever, you know, get pulled over for a DUI, and um, or or get into an accident that you know that the police were called for. I don't, you know, I don't know how I managed to do that because I was always in blackouts. I was always, you know, alcohol made me sick. I threw up a lot, and and then kept on drinking, and and never really, I didn't. I never stopped to think, you know, just get to this one plateau or it just, it never was. It never occurred to me not to drink and to have relationships with people and to be a high school person and do like normal high school things. I wanted to always just go out and get drunk. Um, but then that other side, that, that persona that I wanted everyone else to see or, or people of authority, I guess you would call it. Um, the teachers and that kind of thing. I skated through, you know, with my grades and, and graduated, and I did gymnastics, and, you know, there were occasions where I did that when I was drinking. Very, very dangerous stuff. <laughs> it truly was. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I muddled through, and and you know, and I had people in my life that could guide me, and I know that they did guide me. I just didn't hear it. I had parents. I had a mother and a father. I had ten other brothers and sisters um, who were all willing to tell me what to do and to give me guidance. Um, I had neighbors. I had friends. Um, my father was a minister. You know, I had people, you know, of faith. There were a lot of people out there that were willing to help me and guide me if I would only be willing or listen. And I wasn't at that time. I was very closed up. And drinking was all I know. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Everything revolved around that. I, um, in high school, it wasn't always good. In middle school, it wasn't always good. And believe me, I would not want to be a child again. I just won't want to go back there. Um, it was painful, as, as a, you know, a lot of kids' experiences are. And, and, you know, kids can be very hurtful. And I just, I was just very alone and, and very scared and, and not confident in what I was ever doing. And again, that was a far cry from what people thought about me from the outside um, looking in. And I find this stuff out, you know, as the years go by and talking to, to, to different people. Because I didn't even realize I was doing that. I didn't realize that I was manipulating. Um, I certainly I knew I was lying all the time. I knew that. Um, but I was never comfortable telling people that I was really just one big ball of fear and scared to death um, until I got into the program. And then it was, it was, then, it was then okay. Um, I had people who felt scared and uncomfortable and, and like a shell. I felt like a shell when I came in here. I didn't have anything to give um, at all. And I didn't even feel like I could, not even like a sponge where I could absorb something. I just felt like this, this shell just kind of existing in life. Um, I had a, a core group. And um, it was my friends, my girlfriends. These are my drinking buddies. My girlfriends, my, one of my sisters, and um, whatever boyfriend at the time. And... I was with one of those three at all times and always drinking. I don't know what they did when I wasn't there, but I was always in the drinking phase with all three of them and, um, and, and got into situations that I was not proud of, um, that I wanted to lie about. Um, my best friend has this amazing memory. Um, just pulls in information and locks it, stores it, and can repeat it at any time. We call her 411. Well, um, she would tell me the next morning, and that was always a very uncomfortable phone call. Um, I pushed through, even on the mornings where I was so hungover and my head just was pounding and could barely keep down water, I would push myself again, you know, that persona that everything was okay and I would take care of whatever needed to take, you know, be taken care of, whether it was working again or I cleaned houses for a little while on the side doing that or um, just being semi-responsible in life or I guess present. I don't really know if it was responsible, if that's a good word. Um, I ended up going to college and... I didn't know why. I only knew that it was the next thing to do when you graduate from high school. And um, 
I just picked a major. I picked nursing. I have no interest in the sciences. I have no interest in medical. None whatsoever. But that's, you know, it was on the paper. Okay, that looks good. And go. Never gave a thought to what I wanted to be when I grew up. Never considering I even had a shot at being anything when I grew up. All I was looking for was the next party and and the next ability to just get totally loaded and blank out and and at that point where I could feel comfortable around you, I could feel comfortable even around my friends, my boyfriends, my sister and all of that. I wasn't comfortable when I was sober. When I didn't have alcohol in me, I was not comfortable. So I went to college and that was a disaster with a huge big D. It was it was disastrous. Um, I didn't even make it through one year um, and and almost died. I did not take care of myself. Um, I was hospitalized. And um, I just had spun out of control. And by the time I got home, I then knew that there was a problem with alcohol. And it took me three years from that point. Um, to actually get sober. But it's funny because, you know, that the big book is written by alcoholics. They know us. They know we try this and we try that and we do this and we do that. And it doesn't work. It just never worked. Anything that I tried to stop drinking didn't work. And I, you know, I contemplated suicide um, on many occasions because I was just in a lot of pain and I wanted to check out. Um, it was thoughts of my, my youngest sister. I'm, I'm second youngest, and there's one younger. Um, she was still in the house at, by that point. Everybody else had moved out, and it was just her and I left in the house. And she, she, the thought of her was, was what kept me sober, or not kept me sober, was kept me alive. And, um, or, you know, higher power, if you want to call it. Yeah, it wasn't my time. My, I had a purpose that I wasn't. I didn't know about at that point. But anyway, for the, through three years, I, um, I tried to make it work drinking, knowing that it wasn't, um, hanging on to, to work. Um, people were giving me opportunities, and, and, that, and that was through my whole life. People were giving me opportunities. Um, you know, you got the potential, but I didn't know. I mean, I just didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to tap into it. I was incapable of anything. Um, so I finally, I finally had one big blowout. My last drunk was um, at the beach, and it was my girlfriends and my sister, and we had been partying, partying. It was one of the long weekends, whatever the one in May is—Memorial Day, Labor Day, whatever that one is—and and it was par for the course. It was disastrous, and. Um, a lot of blackout, don't remember a lot, but I do remember trashing the hotel room. But I also remember sitting at the bar, and like I said, I wanted to get it done fast, and I would do shooters all the time, and sitting there, and it wasn't working. I wasn't getting drunk. In my mind, I knew that I had a ton of alcohol in me. I was completely wasted, but I didn't, I didn't feel drunk. Um, I wasn't okay inside. And I just, you know, 
shrug that off, continue with the rest of the weekend. Um, and it was that, that weekend my, my best friend, she kind of disowned me. Kind of, she did. She disowned me, and I just kind of left it off. Well, that's her problem, yada, yada, yada. And I got home, and my mom, for, my mom's a therapist. And I talked to her, and it was probably the second or third time I talked to her about my sister's drinking. She's got a real problem. And um, she saw right through it, and, and she suggested that I go to an AA meeting. Now, at that point, I'm 23 years old, and I don't, one, I don't know what AA is, really, except I guess I knew it was Alcoholics Anonymous, but that was probably the extent of it. And two, didn't even realize that there were rehabs that you could go into and get, you know, get help. Or I didn't know that stuff. Um, even though people that were in my circles had gone to rehab, and I found that out after I got sober. And, I mean, I really wasn't present. I wasn't. So anyway, it, it's kind of interesting because she, you know, she's trying to talk me into going to an AA meeting, and I'm going, no, 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 no. And um, and she said, well, maybe you can go to the library and read literature on Alcoholics Anonymous. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, I can, I can do that. And I, we must have talked for a little bit longer, and she said, well, you know, the guy across the street, he's an AA, he'll help you. You know, I'm like, how do you know that? And uh, he had I-O-U-A-A as a vanity plate on his car. And I thought he owed his grandfather or something for the car, and he was kind of thanking him, you know, publicly. Um, so anyway, at that point, I know it had nothing to do with me or my mother or anything like that. It was just totally a God experience. I sat down on the steps, I put my shoes on, and I walked out that door, and I knocked on this person's door that I had, I didn't know who they were, I didn't even, you know, they were my neighbor, but I didn't really know them, and I just, I stood at that doorstep crying and asking for help, and I knew he had company because I saw the cars in the driveway, and it didn't matter, it was, it was time. And, uh, of course, he had friends of Bill W. all in his house, and they were having a good time and just chit-chatting away. And here comes this sad-ass little girl crying. And, and, um, and you know, he, he showed me the big book and, and um, told me his story. And I left there, and I wasn't crying anymore, and I'm just walking across the street to my house, and I thought, God, that's odd. He didn't even ask me anything about me. He just told me about him. <laughs> Come to find out that's what we do in AA. We share our experience, strength, and hope. And, um, and, and that was the turning point. And, and, you know, and he introduced me to the women in the program. And, and, um, and I started going to meetings. And, and I would go to meetings every day. I'd have my list, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a name and who I could call to ride. You know, those, those rides to the meetings were important. I had my own car, but um, literally somebody being with you, holding your hand, was, was key. And I needed that. I needed you to walk me, drag me, pull me into this room because I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't feel capable. And the, and the very first meeting... Um, you know, it was a mess of a church. It was being under renovation and 
there was a snake hanging down from the rafters and there was a guy up at the podium that I had nothing in common with and somebody just whispered and they said, listen for the similarities, not the differences. And, um, and I could relate to this gentleman. You know, I could relate to his pain. I couldn't relate to his stories. It didn't matter. I could relate to where he was with his drinking and how it made him feel and how he felt when he wasn't drinking. And, um, and, and he gave me hope. And, and I continued on and just, just kept doing what they told me. 90 meetings in 90 days. Did that. I don't know where it came from, but I took the suggestion. I didn't care, you know. Um, find a sponsor, you know. So I found the sickest woman in the room. The sickest woman in the room. She turned me down, thank God, today. You know, he had other plans for me. But, um, um, you know, worked with my sponsor, met with my sponsor, asked questions to women. You know, it didn't have to just be my sponsor. You know, whoever I was driving to the meeting with, you know, what is this on step one? You know, I don't feel like I really worked it or done it or, you know, and... And they kept it real simple for me, the, the step one, two, three, you know, I can't, he can, I'm going to let him. And, and that, that made sense for me. Um, I don't analyze everything. I don't really dig deep, get down. I just, I just want to be okay, you know, in the easiest fashion possible. <laughs> and, uh, and that was good. And, and when I get stuck, again, I ask for help. That was, you know, every time I share, that was the... The biggest lesson of AA for me was asking for help, being forced to do that. And I was backed up against the wall, and I cried for my first 90 days. I didn't know you gave out chips. 90 days. I had been going to a meeting every single day for 90 days. And when I had 90 days, my little girlfriend buddy that we hung out to, she, you going to pick up your chip? You going to pick up your chip? So what are you talking about? She's like, you have 90 days of sobriety. Yeah. Well, they give out chips for that, you know. So, so you know, I came up and I'd say my name and I would cry and I cried. I cried for 90 days. Easy. I did. I did. I was just, I was just a hurting, scared little girl with nothing. And, and I had to start there and just work my way up, you know, building slowly and working with my sponsor and staying close to the women in the program. And not to say I did it perfectly because I didn't. Um, the uh, little celebrant here, the little 13-stepper, well, you know, that was me too. And, um, and I made it through. You know, the women in my program and, and that were surrounding me, they knew that they couldn't, you know, keep us apart. But they just said, you just make sure you go to your meetings even if you don't want to. Even if you want to hang out with him, you go to your meetings. If he's not going to a meeting, it doesn't matter. You go to your meeting. And, um, and that served me well. And, um, and, and, you know, he said, you're going to, you know, you're going to get this program, you're going to get healthy, and you're going to leave me. And he was right, because he did that all the time. <laughs> Picked out sick little girls and, you know. So it, it just happens to be, you know, how I stayed in here, and, and it probably helped me stay in the program. I don't know. It just was my journey and my path. And, and, um, and uh it took three years to finally separate from that, but um, but I just kept doing the next right thing, and I kept enjoying the fruits of sobriety, and 
Um, we would go to conventions and have a blast. You know, I would go with the girls, but the guys would come and we'd hang out, all of us in our area. And, you know, we'd talk about the new little things that we learned. And, you know, one of them in particular was um, that we have choices today. And I never had choices. It was <clears throat> black and white. Um, there was nothing in between. And those choices to me are God coming through you guys. You know, you guys are telling me that, why don't you think about it this way? What about this option? What about here? And that's all the gray. And there's there's just choices. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing to, to learn. You know, one of my little things that I learned from people that were profound to me, and that was profound, that I had choices, um, didn't really do a lot in service. I was exposed to a couple central office meetings and um, a couple district um, meetings, but um, I think I was too far gone to really understand what was going on there. You know, they had people up at the podium and you had people taking notes and motions and minutes and I just showed up and, and sat down and sat there for the hour, hour and a half and, you know, went on my merry way. I wasn't able to help or give back at that time. Um, but I, I just kept, I kept on with, with working the steps and going through that. And, and, and for me, the, my favorite, favorite step is step nine. And that's when, um, that's when I got it that it was about relationships. And um, clearing, you know, being honest with someone, asking for God's help, trusting, learning honesty, being able to forgive, all of those things help me to have relationships with the outside world, help me to have relationships with myself, help me to have relationships with my higher power. And, um, and that stuff I have to continually work on every single day. And it's not a chore. Um, I, en I enjoy it. And if, I, if, you know, if I, I'm not living up to a standard that, that I'm striving for, I, you know, I don't have to beat myself up. I know that I'll, I'll get there. Um, the path is a long one, so long as I don't pick up that drink and wreck it all, because I can do it in a heartbeat. I can do it in an absolute heartbeat, and I've seen it over and over again, and I've seen my friends die in this program. And that never gets easy. You know, why are, why are we chosen? Why are we sitting in this room tonight? You know, there's a reason for every single one of us. Um, and we may not know what that is, um, but there's a reason that we're, we're given this opportunity and this chance. And... Um, so, again, I just encourage you to stay and find out what that is and find out, you know, you guys you guys are, like, happy, joy, and free. You know, this meeting is, it just rocks. It's, you know, it's very energetic. It's, it's, it is very cool, very nice to see because it is all about that. Sure, we all have problems. Every single person in these rooms and outside of these rooms, we got drama going on at home. We got drama going on at work. We got drama going on everywhere. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't be comfortable in here. It can't. It, it doesn't mean that we can still be okay. Um, but again, we can wreck it with the drink. Yeah.
in, in, in a heartbeat. Um, in sobriety, I've gone through some tough times. And I found that I can get through those tough times without taking a drink. And I only learned that because I came to meetings and I heard people share. I heard people going through serious problems in their life. Life issues. I heard them go through it and I heard the advice and I heard them get through it, you know, months later or weeks later or whatever it was, whenever they got through it. And um, so when, when, you know, when the time came for me, and it'll come again, I know it will, it'll be something different. When those hard times came... For me, I was still okay, and I knew I could make it without a drink, and I knew I was blessed. It wasn't the world was bringing me down or hurting me or anything like that. You know, I don't have to outside world it. It's just life, and it is okay. And I used to think, you know, tragedies were so horrible, you know, that suicide was the option. Um, and, and I haven't found that. And I haven't found that because of experience in the rooms. And and anything that I anything that I say for one is just my own opinion. So there you go. Um, but I only get where I get today through the experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. The experiences of life have served me well because I was sober enough to just let them be. You know, ask for help, work through it, use the program, use my, you know, my, my prayer meditation. Very important. Um, again, I really keep it simple. For a long, long time, I would just say the serenity prayer a hundred times a day. Just in my head, out loud, while I'm driving. Didn't matter. Serenity prayer, that's as good as it got. Over and over and over and over again. And, um, and even today, I try to keep it simple because if I start adding stuff to it, that's just me. You know? It's kind of like your will. And, um, you know, and, and God knows, you know, when I'm praying, that I'm praying for everyone. You know, it's not just one person, this person, that person, this person. He knows in my head that it's, it's everybody. Um, Oh, what else can I tell you? Um, I did mention a little bit about service work. I finally did when I moved to Florida. I'm, I'm originally from Maryland. And um, I moved to Florida and got hooked in. Some guy from Apollo Beach, oh, hey, come to a district meeting with me. You know, and we sat back, and there was all kinds of drama going on at the meeting. And this person was mad at this person and yelling. And, da, 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 da. and he was telling me all this, you know. this is, And he was also telling me, well, this is... This person serves this function. This person serves this function. So he was kind of like hooking me in with kind of gossipy stuff and then also telling me what was really going on. And, and, and I, I really am glad he did that um, because I, I did stay and, and continue on with service work. And little by little, and I didn't know. I didn't know what motions were. I didn't know what people were doing this and that. I didn't know about taking a job. You know, I knew about making coffee. I knew about setting up chairs, washing ashtrays, um, greeting. I knew about those kind of things, but I didn't really know about, I don't know, just another level of commitment, Um, something that didn't end, you know, because I'm a doer, you know. Put me on a task, done, and then it's over with, and I don't have to worry about it, and, and we're good. 
um, with with uh, with the service work at the at the district level, it, it seems to be um, a little bit more of a commitment, a little bit more of a responsibility. Um, it's just taught me a whole lot, just like the program. I mean, it all just teaches me so much. Just just core values that that I didn't have, um, and it's helped me in my personal life. It's helped me in my work life, and it helps me in my. In, in my AA and, and, and relationship life. Um, I saw the five minutes going, and I'm not quite sure how to wrap up, but um, I, do, I, I do love sobriety. And, um, and, you know, I just I wish that everybody would just, just do that next right thing, um, whatever it might be. You know, whoever's in front of your face, just... Be open to it, you know, the honesty, open-mindedness, willingness. Be open to it because you just don't know what you're going to get. I would never, ever, ever have dreamed even this much of the life that I have today. Um, my mind was so small, and it still is. You know, I have to, I have to, pe- people nudge me all the time, and, and, I, and I need that. Um, I'm not so confident in my abilities. Um, but I, but I try, and and I'll stick my foot in, and I'll test it a little bit, and then I, and then I end up jumping in, and I'm immersed in it, and and it and it makes me a better person, and and that's the same with with even speaking. I hate it, and oh God, somebody asked me, and I'm nervous, and all of that, and it ends up being you know a wonderful thing. I'll have 45 minutes to drive back with my girlfriends, and. I won't be nervous anymore. I'll just be, yay, <laughs> giddy. And so, so thank you. Thank you for keeping me sober tonight.